you have your bulletins, turn with me and extend a, a warm resurrection morning welcome to all of you. And for those of you arriving, uh, there's room on the left here, on my left. Uh, does anyone know if there are any bulletins left? Yes, there are. Okay, there's someone back there with the bulletins. Look for Larry. And as you arrive, turn to the responsive call to worship. I would ask you to respond. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Our call to worship is first is from 1 Corinthians 15. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. Let us pray. Father, we stand in this cemetery and we rejoice that Jesus is risen from the dead. With the dawn about to break, we think of that first resurrection morning with the women coming to the tomb. And we think of the awesome reality of Jesus raised from the dead, declared to be the Son of God with power through the resurrection. And Lord, we worship you, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We worship Jesus Christ, the risen Lord and Messiah. And now we come to offer you praise and to stand before you with faith in you. And thank you that you give us life and that you give us resurrection life through faith in Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. If you have a bulletin, turn to our hymn, The Day of Resurrection. Let us sing this great hymn of praise.
Before I read our scripture text from the Gospel of John, let me set the scene in that first resurrection morning. Mary and the other women are the first to come to the tomb. And they arrive, and of course, already the stone has been rolled away, the guard has fled, and they see that the stone has been rolled away, and Mary Magdalene leaves immediately to tell the disciples. They go and tell Peter and John. And while she is away, an angel appears to the other women and tells them that Jesus is risen from the dead. And they leave the tomb, and soon after that, Peter and John, running, arrive. And the first part of John 20 tells about that. They enter the tomb and see the linen grave clothes folded in a certain way. And John records that the one whom Jesus loved, that's John, believes when he sees the grave clothes. Mary must have arrived a little bit after them. And they depart. And here we pick up the account at verse 20, at verse 11 of John 20. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Amen. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of this wonderful resurrection account. Consider with me three important truths about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The first is this. The resurrection of Christ gives us triumphant hope in a world of disillusionment and despair. Mary is standing at the tomb, we see here, weeping. A fit picture of what life is like without the resurrection of Christ. Imagine how her world had fallen apart in the last few days. We know from the Gospel accounts that the, the little that we know about Mary Magdalene is that Jesus had cast seven demons out of her, Luke chapter 8 verse 2 says, and that she is one of the women who had followed Jesus to some degree during his three years of public ministry, supporting him out of their substance, Luke explains. Imagine the wonderful time she had experienced of hearing Jesus teach 
the wonderful words that he taught and perform miracles and uh, tell the disciples who he is and she had followed him but the recent events of the trial and the crucifixion must have been a crushing blow to her Mary would have witnessed most of it the terrible bearing of his cross through the streets of Jerusalem the bleeding Savior on the cross the last words that he spoke the darkness and finally the soldier's spear in his side verifying his death and what what terrible sadness and grief would have descended on Mary and all the disciples all their hopes dashed with the death of Christ and so we see apart from the resurrection of Jesus we are all ultimately in the same place ultimately in despair with the awful realization of our own mortality and the certainty of death and the best that the world can do and that all of us could do without the resurrection is to in the words of 1 Corinthians 15 let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die or to somehow fill your life with as much meaning as possible and to hope in a vague hope that there is something beyond the grave but the resurrection of Jesus Christ promises the Christian because I live Jesus says you also shall live Mary's weeping reflects the hopelessness of life apart from Jesus Christ but her weeping was swallowed up with joy resurrection joy Jesus was alive Suddenly, Mary, suddenly Mary's life went from the dark gloom of sorrow to the thunderbolt reality that Jesus Christ is alive. Whatever your troubles and heartaches might be this morning, as you stand here in this cemetery, as believers we have the blessing of seeing all things and facing all things in life with that great reality of the resurrection before our eyes and that changes everything the resurrection of Jesus Christ is our triumphant hope but secondly we see that the resurrection of Jesus Christ guarantees Christ's abiding presence with every believer do you hear that the resurrection of Jesus Christ guarantees Christ's abiding presence with every believer. What a wonderful truth this is. Mary stoops and looks into the tomb and she sees the two angels. They must have looked somewhat ordinary to her uh, because Mary speaks with them without any evident fear. Maybe she's just so preoccupied with looking for Jesus' body that she doesn't notice anything else. But after she speaks with them, she turns and speaks to Jesus himself. And there's that wonderful phrase, supposing him to be the gardener. This is the first, re this is the first resurrection appearance. Jesus chooses to appear to Mary Magdalene first of everyone. And here he is right there at her elbow. Can you imagine that? <laughs> And either she's too preoccupied to even recognize who he is as, she, as he asks her these 
questions or else in some way her eyes are veiled to who he is. But at this point, this wonderful description, Mary, uh, Jesus speaks her name, Mary. And light dawns in her heart. It's Jesus. It's like it says in John 10, the good shepherd calls his sheep by name and they know his voice. Jesus spoke her name and she responded. She responded with adoration and awe, Rabboni, teacher in Aramaic. And probably she fell at his feet and, and maybe put her hands around his feet and the lower part of his legs uh, because he says, do not cling to me. Why does he say that? It's not really a rebuke as much as it is something else. The promise of his abiding presence with her. She doesn't have to cling to him in this way. And he goes on to say, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. There's no need to cling because it will be some time before he ascends. There, there will be 40 days of his resurrection appearances to the disciples over this period of time. But then he gives this command and promise to her. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and to your father, to my God and to your God. Do you see and hear something of the amazing language Jesus declares? My father and your father. My God and your God. They're his brothers and sisters now because of what he's done on the cross. Mary doesn't need to cling to Jesus Christ because physically he, does, he doesn't need to do that because he will be with her spiritually forever. Joy beyond Mary's wildest hopes. This is what Jesus came to accomplish by his cross and resurrection, to bring people from every tribe and tongue and nation to be his very bride, to be with him forever in this life and in the life to come. The abiding presence of Jesus Christ in the believer by the Holy Spirit is the great comfort and strength of every Christian's soul in this life no matter how dark life may become, the resurrection changes everything. Mary's life was now flooded with joy, and she went, and you can imagine her jogging through the streets of Jerusalem, not being able to wait, almost bursting with the news, and she arrives to the disciples, and we read, she goes and says, I have seen the Lord. And she tells them everything that he said to her. In later years, Peter would write about this same joy, the joy that Mary experienced, the joy that all the disciples experienced to believers who had not ever seen the physical Jesus resurrected. Those who had believed on the testimony of the apostles. Peter would write in 1 Peter 1.8, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. 
that verse describes Christian experience for you and me. We're part of that great multitude, really the great majority of the Christian church who haven't seen the resurrection Christ with the eye of sight, but we see him with the eye of faith. And if you have put your trust in Jesus Christ, you know something of that joy inexpressible and full of glory. And if you haven't put your trust in Jesus Christ, I invite you to do that this resurrection day. The abiding spiritual presence of Jesus Christ. What a blessed gift to all of us every day of our lives. Even the Apostle Paul at the end of his life, we think of him in 2 Timothy chapter 4, the last chapter that he wrote. Languishing, languishing in the dreaded Mamertine prison with only a hole in the ceiling for light and air. And he could write these words, At my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them. But, he says, but the Lord stood by me and strengthened me. That is the abiding presence of Jesus Christ. And Paul gloried in that. It reminds me of the testimony of Bob Fu, who spoke at our missions conference a few years ago. And he had come to Christ, and his wife had come to Christ. And not long after that, he was imprisoned in a prison in China, in this large cell that barely the 40 or 50 men in that cell could stand there. And they would have to stand for hours at attention with the guard making sure that they were all like that. And how in that terrible environment with physical suffering and mental suffering and deprivation, the great comfort of Bob's life was that he had come to know Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ was present with him there, even as Jesus was present with the Apostle Paul. But that brings me to my final brief point. The resurrection of Jesus gives us very good news to tell the world, doesn't it? It gives us very good news. Mary went from a despairing mourner to a herald of indescribably good news for the world. He is alive. I have seen him. Christianity is the only religion that promises salvation, not based on what we must do, but based on what Jesus Christ, our Savior, has done. He has died for our sins. He has been raised from the dead vindicating that Jesus was not a criminal at, as people might have thought when he was on the cross. Far from it, he was and is the promised Messiah of the world. As Romans 1.4 puts it, Jesus was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. Declared in power by the resurrection. And so Jesus Christ is able to save. He's able to save us from our sins, from death and from hell. And Jesus Christ is willing to save. He invites whosoever will to come to him and trust in him. Have you come to experience the comfort of God's presence in your life because of being reconciled to God through the cross of Jesus Christ? I hope that if not, that you will do serious spiritual business with God, even this Easter day, this resurrection morning.
The scriptures call us to place our trust in the living Savior, that you would come to know his resurrection power in your life now and forevermore and in the millions and millions of years to come in glory. Amen. Father, thank you that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Where would we be without him? Where would we be without you and your great plan of salvation? Thank you that we can stand here as morning dawns, knowing that one day there will, there will dawn a morning when the clouds will part, when the trumpet will sound, when death will be swallowed up in victory, when the graves will be open, and all of those who have fallen asleep in Christ will be resurrected in a glorified state. And all of us who are still alive, if we are alive at that point, will be gathered together with them. And so your word tells us we will be together forever with the Lord. We cannot conceive it, O Lord, but we know it's true. We thank you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace now and in the life everlasting. Amen. Welcome to the breakfast. We can follow Thompson if you'd like to.